You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Chicago Bears have a quarterback plan for training camp, the preseason, and into the regular season. But it's one thing to have a plan. It's another one to stick to it and follow through from start to finish. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Today's episode brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. On the show today, we begin Chicago Bears training camp previews with not only the most important position in the sport, but clearly the most important storyline, the most important questions, and the most important thing on any Bears fan's mind not only for the last two months, but for the next five years, <laughs> that is the quarterback position. The It's not really a QB competition, but it is a QB battle. It's, it's, that's, that's the whole point of the podcast, right? It's splitting reps, but are they going to split reps? How are they going to split reps? Should Justin Fields get some time with the ones? Should Andy Dalton get some time with the twos? Or how do you balance that? How should... Matt Nagy balanced that. We'll go through some of the different value of each of those different possibilities. We'll then get to the narratives that are going to come out around this quarterback competition and how that can be a battle on its own of what the fans see, what the media sees, and the Bears trying to control the message a little bit here and not let this inflate and blow up into something bigger that becomes either a distraction or a problem or just something that's more of a headache to this team and they'd really like as we wait for this quarterback situation to play out. And then we got to check in with Nick Foles, too, given where he's supposed to fit in training camp. Is he going to be just sort of that on-field coach kind of guy? Is he, does he legitimately like have some opportunities as the third-string quarterback? And is he even going to be a part of this team long-term? It's all part of our training camp preview here. We're going to go, we're just trying to have a little bit more fun with it, trying to be a little bit more in-depth and specific than just, here's player one, here's player two, Here's player three. Here comes training camp. No, this this weekend and leading up to training camp on the Lockdown Bears podcast, we're going to dive in more so on the storylines and all of the biggest narratives going in at each position, but a little bit more of a of a pointed conversation as opposed to just breaking down a list of the 90-man roster from top to bottom. So, of course, we have to start with Andy Dalton and Justin Fields and how the Bears are going to split reps because as far as we know, Right, Andy Dalton, starter. Justin Fields, number two quarterback. That has been Matt Nagy's message every single time from the very beginning. Dalton is our week one starter. Justin Fields is our number two. And if that's the plan, all right, stick with the plan and let's let's roll forward with it. That's 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 what we can expect. But the question of quarterback development and preparation starts to come in here because if Dalton is the starter, then presumably he will get all of the reps with the starting offense, that it would be what will prepare him to be the most successful for week one and however many weeks he gets to play this season, even if it's all 17 games. That's the best way to prepare your starting quarterback is to let him play 
with your starting offense and is get as ma- get as many of those reps to try and get on the same page as his receivers, have the offensive line get a feel for how he climbs the pocket, the running backs, how their handoff distances are going to go, all those different things that you just need to build with experience over time. But then for Justin Fields, is he just going to work with the twos the whole time? Because while it's still the same play calls with the twos, it's still learning the offense. You know, it's still Matt Nagy in the headset and you delivering the plays and getting it to players. And the twos are going to be maybe some players that Justin Fields might end up playing with at times once he takes over the starting lineup. I mean, it's going to be, you know, if it's Damian Williams, you know, it's running back three, he'll get some options in there. Maybe some of your lower receivers on the depth chart that could work into the rotation at wide receiver. There's, there's some personnel value, but most of that comes from scheme and play calling and getting to execute the offense at the line of scrimmage. But then if, say, you make the quarterback change in pick a week, week six, week eight, week ten, if Justin Fields has spent all of training camp, all of preseason, and all of the regular season only working with the backups, whenever he goes into the game for the first time and presumably takes over that starting role, he's not going to then have had that experience throwing to Allen Robinson all that much, or his offensive tackles are not going to have a good feel for how Justin Fields manipulates the pocket. You know, even the Darnell Mooney's of the world, Cole Komet, David Montgomery, they're not going to have that same sort of cohesion, and so then there would be this sort of longer run-up time once Fields is in the offense in the regular season. He would be then trying to learn his receivers, and there's going to be that learning curve, and it, it could... I don't want to say slow the development per se, because he can still develop without working with the ones, but it will perhaps slow down how quickly he can get up to 100% in this offense when he does take over in this offense. So then do you take some of Andy Dalton's first team reps away now and give some, not, not all, not even half, maybe it's three quarters, maybe it's two thirds to go to Dalton, but do you give Fields some first team reps now to get used to some of those players, knowing that, that does, in some perhaps small way, hurt Andy Dalton's preparation because he's new to this team too. He needs as much time as possible and as many reps at practice to get as up to speed as he can for week one. So if I'm Matt Nagy, I'm, I'm really not sure how I'm supposed to navigate that. I mean, presumably, if Justin Fields starts taking reps with the first string offense, that's going to get people's attention and is going to create these questions of like, oh, if Fields goes from just twos to now doing some ones, does that mean Fields is getting ahead in the the quarterback competition that's not a real competition? You know, it starts to create some of that questions from people who are watching, or can you do all that in portions of the practices that are closed? It's, It's not an easy thing to navigate. I imagine Matt Nagy is going to stick to his word and say, Dalton's our starter, he gets all the ones. And Fields is our backup, and he gets all the twos. And Foles is our third string, and he gets all the threes. And I don't know, maybe if you have a, a minor injury here and there, a hamstring or whatever, somebody moves up or down occasionally in those spots. And you can always rotate different players in with the twos outside of your quarterback and in with the ones. And sometimes your twos do get some time with the ones if they're playing well. There's competitions at other positions that are going to have a, an impact on how that all plays out. But I think, I think for now we're, we can just expect the backups for Justin Fields. And when he does come into the game eventually later in the season, maybe it will be a slower ramp-up process before he's really 100% on the same page with his teammates and locked in to this Chicago Bears offense. It's tough, to be- it's tough to navigate because not only are you dealing with what you see on the field, if you're Matt Nagy, but there's a growing 
outside pressure that comes with drafting a quarterback like this so early and in, in this exact sort of dynamic where we all know what the plan is. And controlling that narrative and the discussion around the team is a separate challenge here that it'll be interesting to see how well Matt Nagy can handle. We'll try and get a sense of the different dynamics at play with the public and the media and how much that really actually does affect the team next on Locked on Bears. At some point, I imagine we will get a prop bet at betonline.ag of what week and what game Justin Fields will start. But in the meantime, they've got so many other different ways to lay some money down on your favorite football team in July. I mean, even now in the dead time of the offseason, betonline.ag is adding even more prop bets. The latest one I was just looking at earlier was uh, where the Bears might finish in the regular season. It's, it's odds for best regular season record and worst regular season record. And right now, the Bears are way down there, even below the Washington football team, the Atlanta Falcons at plus 8,000, way down on the best regular season record there. They're not near the top either for worst regular season record. So it seems like the bet online odds makers have a decent sense of the Bears somewhere in the middle, not catastrophically falling off the map or predicting doomsday, but maybe not ready in the odds makers' minds to take that next step. It's a great opportunity for you to take advantage of where they stand this early. Head on over to betonline.ag and sign up today for a free account. Enter our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your free 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. I think sometimes we in the outside in the football world whether you're media or fans and all that, we, we, I think we do tend to overestimate our impact on teams and on games, but it depends on how each individual team and each individual locker room really handles some of those different dynamics and those different situations. That this idea of public perception of media and fan pressure can be a very real force and it can also be fairly weak and insignificant. And for me, it depends on how the players internalize that and whether that really seeps into the locker room for them. If there's a leadership structure in place that can kind of keep the ship together, everyone sort of close-knit, and understand what's important and what's not. And it, by all accounts, it seems like the Bears have a locker room of personalities that are fairly well-equipped to handle most of these types of situations. Maybe if crap really hit the fan... Things could fall apart, but we even saw, you know, in recent years, the Bears lose five, six games in a row, and they've been able to handle this. So all of that is to say, when Justin Fields and Andy Dalton start throwing at training camp, we are going to get reports from both fans in the stands and media members of how they're performing. And as that sort of builds days after days and weeks after weeks, and then, of course, once we see him in the preseason games, it's going to sort of become this narrative of, is Andy Dalton better than Justin Fields Right now, I, I don't think there's any Bears fan in Chicago that doesn't think Justin Fields will be better than Andy Dalton. That's the whole reason you draft Justin Fields so high where they did and trade up for him. But it's a matter of when that changeover point becomes and as, as they get up to speed. And so fans, and to, not, and to some extent, I was to say the media won't be cheering. Fans will be cheering for Justin Fields. The media will certainly be closely watching how Justin Fields performs because that is the dominant narrative. It's what the fans want to hear about. And of course, it's what we should all want to hear about. And so if Andy Dalton starts struggling at training camp, 
and Justin Fields is throwing well. Fans are cheering for him. Everyone is talking about him. He's got the big media scrums, and all the questions are not, you know, like the Bears have been firm from the start about Dalton week one starter, Dalton week one starter, Dalton week one starter. It's not so much going to be like pestering Matt Nagy to see if he's changed his mind, but there's a certain way media members can go about asking those questions to at least sort of pry around a little bit without sort of asking the question that they already know the direct answer to, right? As Justin Fields gets better and throws better, it's going to be like, Matt, thinking about giving Justin some reps with the ones. You think he's going to get more playing time in the preseason? How is Dalton handling, you know, I mean, you start to ask these questions and it becomes everything that the coach is thinking about. You start asking the quarterbacks about these questions. It's what, it's what they're being asked about every day at training camp. And it's their teammates, too. It's the receivers saying, hey, what did you think of those Justin Fields throws? How have you seen, you know what I mean? It becomes such a dominant focal point of what everyone is talking about, not just around the team, but then it starts to seep into the team. And then you, what you fear if you're the Bears in this organization is teammates watching practice and going, this Dalton guy, he keeps missing, and I keep seeing Fields over there with the twos, or I get my reps in with the twos, and he's hitting me in between the numbers every time, and, and Dalton is missing. And all of a sudden, how, how do you navigate that? How do you handle this sort of building pressure from outside of the building that builds within to make a quarterback change or, or deviate from this plan that the Bears really seem to be firm on? I think it does also go potentially either way that if, say, flip it and Justin Fields is struggling at training camp, regardless of what Dalton does, whether Dalton's playing well or not, if Fields is struggling, will there be doubt? You know, will there be patience for quarterback development here when everybody wants Justin Fields to get on the field sooner rather than later, right? I think if you probably polled Bears fans, does, does every single Bears fan want in week one? Not necessarily. I think there's a, there's a happy medium here of like, I think every Bears fan wants Justin Fields when he's ready and no one knows exactly when he's ready. And so that's where the discrepancy and the argument might be. But no one wants to rush Justin Fields too early, is, is my point. But no one wants to be have him sitting on the bench and not getting him out there when he could give the Bears the best chance to win. And so all of that is to say, what is the appetite to wait? What's the appetite to wait if Fields is playing really, really well? And what's the appetite to wait if Fields has normal rookie hiccups and maybe things don't always go 100 miles an hour and as 100% perfectly smooth as you might be. Because that's just not necessarily realistic for any rookie quarterback. As much as we put Justin Fields on this pedestal and crown him as the savior of the Chicago Bears franchise, we do still need to see it before we see it. And we need to see how Matt Nagy is going to handle this kind of thing. Because, you know, in Kansas City with Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes, he was not the head coach. He was not the one being asked all these questions, leading the locker room and having to really sort of set the organizational tone and build that sort of, you know, closed, protected community within that locker room. Even last year, when it was clear that Mitch Trubisky was on thin ice and they bring in Nick Foles and it was legitimately an actual quarterback competition, unlike this year, that's not really a quarterback competition, we didn't have in-person anything, at least in-person access for any of us on the outside of the team eventually, of course, practiced in the, in the training camp and non-existent preseason games. They, they got together in person, but even the media wasn't actually there. So there were questions, but it was a lot of just like, 
asking Matt Nagy for his thoughts and taking his word for it because it wasn't as easy to like see it for ourselves and form our own narratives. So Nagy was able to control the narrative. And by all means, when I say like control the narrative, that's not like a negative, like controlling thing. It's something he should do as the coach to be able to control the messaging and the narrative is definitely important for the football team. So don't, don't take that as like a manipulation or a negative thing. But last year he had the power and the control over the narrative and the message because we couldn't really get our own information with our own eyes watching it at practice. But this year, it's a new dynamic. Not only, not only is it not Trubisky Foles, where it's just kind of, that doesn't carry some of the same weight, but it's, it's a rookie top 12 pick at quarterback that's supposed to be the savior of the franchise and a veteran that we all know is only here for the short term. Whereas last year, it was like, it was two guys that you were hoping could kind of make one good quarterback out of them and, and have some consistency. This carries a whole new weight and a whole new meaning, and it's going to be a whole new challenge for Matt Nagy to kind of figure out how, how the locker room will handle that and how he can kind of keep all the tides at bay and, and make sure they're all one big happy family dealing with a, a hopefully a sort of a friendly conflict and competition between two very competitive quarterbacks. I kind of feel bad that it's only two very competitive quarterbacks. Like Nick Foles is still here and has been just completely cast aside, but he is still part of this training camp equation. And we'll kind of dive into what his role is supposed to be, whether he'll even still be here and, and what we should expect from Foles moving forward next on Locked On Bears. I'm really excited for the newest flavor of Built Bars coming out on a limited edition basis this week. You got to get them while you can because it is grasshopper cookie Built Bars. It's like the Built Bar version of a Thin Mint without all the extra sugar. It's 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 5 grams of sugar. All the flavor. I Trust me, I have had a few of them. Oh, man, they sprinkle a little bit of like this like mint crushed up cookie type bits on top in addition to like the mint inside of the bar and then of course every built bar is covered in 100% real chocolate so you're getting like a delicious candy bar treat that's healthy again every flavor low sugar low calories high fiber and high protein so whether it's grasshopper cookie or some of my other favorite salted caramel raspberry cookies and cream coconut I have tried every single one and you can't go wrong with any of them the, the grasshopper cookies in particular are not going to last long. So head on over to BuiltBar.com right now and use our promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Our podcast today also sponsored by our friends at RockAuto.com, our favorite place for all your auto parts needs. Stop going into the chain stores where they're going to ask you a thousand questions and kind of intimidating and they, they always treat you a little bit like you don't know what you're talking about and that they're kind of the expert and then they have to go in the back and look and find out that they don't even have the part either, so they have to ship it to your home. Why not just go online, go to rockauto.com, find the part yourself, enter in your car's make and model. It's super easy to navigate. They've got everything you could possibly need and they'll ship it right to your door. Because did you know a lot of the chain parts stores will actually have a different set of prices if you're a professional mechanic or a do-it-yourselfer like us. But rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody. So don't spend up to twice as much for the same part somewhere else. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection. 
reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. I don't know where Nick Foles is supposed to fit in these parts of the Bears quarterback competition. It, he's very much the forgotten man of this quarterback room this offseason. Like, we sort of assumed, I mean, when they signed Andy Dalton, it wasn't like a wasn't like an end-all deal. But as soon as Fields came in, it's like Dalton Fields, we sort of assumed Foles would be gone. We kind of thought Foles might be gone either way. As soon as they, again, they signed Dalton, they clearly wanted to upgrade the quarterback position. It was like, well, Nick, thank you for your six games last year. Um, enjoy the full, almost fully guaranteed contract restructuring that the Bears gave you, and the Jaguars can enjoy the fourth-round pick the Bears gave up for you, but this isn't working out. We need to see other people, and, you know, best of luck. It, it, kind of a, it felt like it was supposed to be like an amical breakup, but now still our, our ex is still living in the, build, in the house, I guess. I don't know. You know what I mean? That's what it feels like. It, the, the, the analogy there doesn't quite, doesn't quite line up perfectly, but you get the idea, right? It's like, oh, you're still here. Like, do you, did, did they forget to take your key card? Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's, he's under contract, and he's fully guaranteed, so or his salary is almost completely guaranteed. If they trade him, that gets offset to some teams. But essentially, if the Bears were to release Nick Foles, the savings would be essentially zero. So it's there's not really this big push to just cut him just to get rid of the roster spot. But, I mean... When training camp's done, do you need to carry Nick Foles, or could you use that third quarterback spot for, uh, you know, six wide receiver, a fourth tight end, a fourth running back, a tenth offensive lineman? You know, would, would it, there doesn't seem to be a real path here where Nick Foles sees the field for any reason in 2021. Like if if Nick Foles is on your roster and he takes a snap under center in the regular season something would have had to go catastrophically wrong. I mean, multiple injuries or some kind of suspension or, or some sort of terrible mixture of events, a series of unfortunate events, how about that, to, to get Nick Foles back on the field for this Bears team. So it kind of begs the question, like, why is, why is he still here? I mean, he can be a mentor to Justin Fields, and by all means, if they can get him to sort of be that almost like on-field coach in the locker room, there's there's some real value into that. Maybe not the what seven million dollars they're paying him value. I think he would be the most expensive third string quarterback in the NFL by far if he sticks on this fifty three man roster here. And none of that is to suggest that Foles wouldn't do that. By all means, he has been a, a an excellent teammate. He's been a part of that quarterback room, engaging and helping both Dalton and Fields learn the offense. There's some real value there, and that's in part why they haven't actually cut him. But we've all just been sort of expecting some kind of trade to happen here at some point. And we heard Eagles at one point. We heard Jets is kind of, I think, the latest one that is still still has some legs. I think we still keep hearing NFL insiders float that out there as those two teams are maybe interested or have had discussions. Some kind of team that's going to need a veteran backup quarterback. But then what are you waiting for? Like you had voluntary minicamp, mandatory minicamp and OTAs, and now you got this dead time until training camp. Like the sooner Foles would get to his new team the sooner he could get acclimated with their offense and try and get up to speed and all those things to be the best backup quarterback he can be there. So is it just that he's he's valuable enough to the Bears to have him around right now that his mentorship is worth it and the maybe the trade offers are so minuscule that it's like, well, there's no rush to trade him. We can squeeze a little bit more value out of him here in Chicago for a little bit longer and then 
trade him at the end of training camp? Like, it's like, all right, so it's hypothetical here. Let's say the Jets are offering you a conditional seventh-round pick. You can say, all right, well, we'll, we'll, we'll do that conditional seventh-round pick at the end of training camp if you want him, but there's not really a, that value in that seventh-round pick is not really doing much for us right now, and we think maybe by the end of training camp, another team might also offer a conditional seventh-round pick for him. Because you never know, some team's backup quarterback or starting quarterback gets hurt. And then, you know, you look at the market, and it's not a robust free agent quarterback market. I mean, I think Alex Smith in retirement is maybe your best option. I think Robert Griffin III might still be out there, and it's it doesn't get much better from there. So, like, Foles legitimately offers a potential borderline starting quarterback option for another team if they have a backup get hurt or their starter gets hurt and they just want to bring someone in. So, again, maybe the Bears then are holding on to him for that kind of a situation to say, well, if we can only get a conditional seventh from the Jets, again, hypothetically, Maybe we can get a conditional sixth if we get two bidding teams. You know, you can squeeze as much value as you can out of there and get as much from Foles as you can along this way. But, like, it's not like he's this over-the-hill, trail-end-of-his-career veteran quarterback that just has nothing left in the tank, right? I mean, the guy's still 32. We're not pretending that Foles is some excellent quarterback. There's a reason why they signed Dalton to replace him and drafted Fields. He's not a valuable commodity that every team should be lining up for, but... When you start to piece out, if you ranked every single quarterback on an NFL roster, I mean, is Foles in the 40s, maybe the 50s? That's still better than half of the backups in the league. You know what I mean? If you start to sort of piece out what kind of teams might want him, there, there should be some sort of market there. It just becomes a question of, is any team willing to give up any sort of minuscule draft pick, or do they just call the Bears bluff and say, I dare you to keep him on your 53-man roster at that price tag and maybe try and get the Bears to cut him at the end of training camp as sort of that 53-man roster cut down and then try and land Nick Foles for free at that time. I imagine that's where some of the dynamics are here in terms of trade asking price, value to the Bears as a quarterback mentor, and then other teams maybe waiting for either a bigger need on another team or another team to step up their roster and how those pieces all fit together leaves Nick Foles kind of just in limbo. He's still here. He's a good guy. He's a valuable per human being as far as just being a nice person in the locker room and good for that quarterback room. So I guess let's stick it out. Let's see what happens with Nick Foles. And he can just sort of operate in the shadows and try and do his best work. And then we'll all be watching Dalton and Fields much, much more closely. And, and hopefully Foles can uh, sooner rather than later continue his career somewhere else and uh, get back out on the field and, and have some more success for him. Wish him nothing but the best. But we're going to be all Dalton and Fields for a while here. Moving forward, you can be sure we'll have every possible update we can on this quarterback competition right here on the Locked On Bears podcast. So make sure that you subscribe to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. We're going to start rolling through these Bears training camp previews. Started with the quarterback today. We'll start going through running backs and receivers and offensive line and the defense. Again, more in this sort of narrative-based form, not just going down player one, player two, player three, player four. Hopefully it brightens it up a little bit more and adds a little bit more depth of analysis and not just sort of filling time, filling space kind of thing, but really getting at the nitty-gritty of what we need to know for training camp. So make sure that you subscribe to Locked on Bears, however you are listening or watching right now, including our full Locked on Bears YouTube channel, bringing you these video podcasts. Hit that subscribe button, like, comment, support us. It helps us reach more Chicago Bears fans just like you. And for me, that's what it's all about. It's all about helping everybody get through this offseason. We have no Bears football. And even when nothing is really happening right now with the team, hopefully 
the Locked On Bears podcast can be here to help you bear down.